Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. My name is Victor Omoyo, I am your host, and we are on episode 70. Once again, it's a two-man show. With me to my right is my man Carl Bird. Carl, how are we doing? What's going on, y'all? I'm doing all right. Episode 70 sounds really, really glad to be here. You doing all right? I'm doing fine. Cool. Doing, doing just fine, man. You know, uh, the Codex Prime train was going to be derailed for another week, but we said, uh-uh, we ain't, we ain't doing that. No way. No, sir. <laughs> not, 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 not after the weekend of the fate of the furious. No way. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. That was a really good movie. It was. <laughs> but we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Uh, it is Tuesday, April 18th, 2017. Thank you all for tuning in. Once again, this is our this is our second YouTube episode. Obviously, the audio will be uploaded on SoundCloud as per usual. And iTunes, leave it. Don't don't just don't you know leave out leave out us iPhone users. Oh yeah, for all you uh, iPhone bums out there, it's gonna be available on iTunes, of course. Why do we gotta be? Why do we gotta be all that? I'm just saying. I mean, y'all see you you Apple users. You, you have this false sense of superiority. Talking about oh, our Apple products are just so popular, and therefore they're so much better than your Android phones. Mm. I mean, really, dude. I mean, you know, Androids are where it's at too. Androids are functional and they're easy to use. They're they're for everybody. All right, Apple. Apple. It's it's great. It's cool. But I prefer Android phones, particularly Samsung's, because they're much bigger screens, much more readable, brighter. I can read mine just fine. Yeah, but yeah, but comparatively, an iPhone screen is like tiny. It's like a postage stamp. No, they're bigger. Uh, they made it bigger finally. They've been made it bigger. Okay. Yeah, I mean, d d does Apple still, you know, scam their customers with their brand new phones when the new phone can't fit the old charger? Still, they still do that. I still, I listen. I've used the same charger for the past what? Three phones I've had. Okay, all right. So I, I guess, and it's, it's an Apple charger, not a third-party one. Yeah, it's an Apple charger. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I, I guess I stand corrected there. All right. <laughs> well, uh, well. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. Um, it's our Fate of the Furious episode. This has been a movie that we've been anticipating for quite some time, which we'll get into later on in the show. I have. You haven't. I, I have. I've. I'm lie to the people. Dude, I have the. I have the seven. Movie collection. I you just about... bought it like two months ago. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. I, I, I you was not looking forward to it. I was. I mean, come on. If you remember in one of our earlier episodes back in uh, 2015, when I reviewed Furious Seven, I liked it. Yeah, but he's like, you didn't want to like it. Okay. Because you still wanted to be the stick up your ass criterion, nah. <laughs> Mr. Ben Carson, you know. Go ahead. And do the the Ben Carson, Carson stance, Oscar T. Rex. But I mean, all right, all right look. <laughs> but all right, you know, all right. Back then, you know, when Furious Seven first came out, you know, I I was a little, I was slightly pretentious about it at first going into it. I'm like, oh. This movie, you know, it's for, you know, people who don't like to think or, you know, people who don't like to, you know, you know, have any we don't need to interest think. in their movies. We, when, a movie like, when a movie like that, we don't need to think. It's just we want to be, we actually, not all movies can be like that. Not all movies have to be true to life. Right. They don't. We want to be suspended from reality. Okay. You said, okay, you said on a previous show that... Fast and Furious movies are basically cartoons. Yeah. What about the Marvel and DC movies? Well, they're different. How? They're they're literally cartoons. Well, they're based off comic books and comic okay. 
and comic books, you know, with that with that genre. Yeah, but okay, so when you go into so when you go into that those type of movies, don't you want to be suspended from reality at some point? Well, yeah. Okay, so it's the same shit for this one. Yeah, but with with the, with the DC and Marvel films or any comic book film, I mean, it's already inherent. It's you already know that you're, it's going to be a whole bunch of suspension of disbelief and all that because you know okay, it's a comic why can't film. this one? Why can't this be? This doesn't have it doesn't have to be. Now, if something was based on a true story, like um, hmm, like number forty-two. All right. Yeah, the Jackie Robinson film. Yeah. Exactly. I'm I'm not expecting to see Jackie Robinson like driving in a car from one skyscraper to another into another. Right. No, it never happened. Right, but we mean with Fast and Furious. It just, it's just, it's not that type of movie. Well, of course, it's a, it's a, it's like a superhero movie, except that there's no superheroes. Right. Okay, I, I see what you're saying, yeah, but it's a, it's a cartoon just like a Marvel movie. Well, now it is, but the reason why Fast and Furious, I, I kind of make fun of it a little more, is because it didn't start off that way at all. It was just about street racing culture. Yeah, and know. then it took a turn, and then it took a turn because eventually it was got, the formula was gonna get stale. Yeah. Exactly. So they just took a turn at Fast Five and turned into a heist movie. Mm -hmm. And it just projected more and more. But we'll get into that later on. Uh, yeah. What the hell have you been up to? What the hell have I been up to? Uh, well, um, I've been spending the last week in my hyperbaric chamber, you know. And I just uh, I just came out for this episode. Uh, I'm just kidding now. Now, uh, um, this past weekend, I watched this really awesome anime film, which is uh, only playing in select theaters. And right in Rhode Island, it's only playing at Providence Place. Mm. Uh, it's an anime film called Your Name. Okay. And it's uh, directed by Makoto Shinkai. And this is a really wonderful animated film. It's about it's like a it's like a body swapping film. It's about these uh, two teenagers, this high school girl named uh, Mitsuha, who's like this, who's this high school girl living in this uh, remote uh, mountain uh, Japanese village. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, this, and the other character is this high school boy named Taki, who's living in Tokyo. And, and one day, just out of random, randomly, they, they uh, after they, they, they seemingly, they switch bodies. Uh, after you know, after they, after a you know night of sleeping, and they they've never met each other, they've never seen each other, they don't know who they who each other who they are at first. Okay. And so when uh, Mitsuha wakes up, uh, she you you she starts to realize that something's something's off because it turns out that Taki the boy wakes up in Mitsuha's body, and Mitsuha wakes up in Taki's body. That's weird. Yeah, and so they start to live. They live each other's lives, so they start going about, you know, their day, uh, experiencing life from the other person's body, from li literally walking in another person's shoes. I'll lose my damn mind if I woke up in some other girl's body. <laughs> I mean, I will, I will say that if I woke up in a, if I woke up in a, in, a, in the body of a woman, I would stare at myself nude in the mirror all day. But that's just me. But um, well, if you have an ugly body, well. That's depressing, man. That's depressing to think about. Let's uh, let's not let's not go. Look there. at your movie collection, shit. <laughs> hey, well, listen, my movie collection is not that it's not that depressing, but still, um, what I love about it is that um, it's a it's a unique it's a unique uh, love story because mm -hmm. you have these two characters who experience uh, their each other's lives from the other person's perspective, and since and since um, they they experience they experience their lives that way, when they go to sleep and wake up the next day. 
um, they wake up they wake up back in their in their original bodies but then they really can't remember too much about what happened the previous day because it's mm -hmm. kind of like a dream so when they start figuring out what's going on they develop this unique system of communication where they'll leave messages on each other's phones or emails or they'll write on their on, on their own um, arms so that the other person wakes up with the same writing the next day in their original body so that, that way they can have to keep track of what's going on and like what to do and so throughout the film they're kind of helping each other out um, and to navigate their own lives for example when Mitsuha wakes up in Taki's body she sees that he likes this girl at his job and so she kind of gives him some tips on how to you know navigate you know getting with her and you know having a proper date and um, and Taki uh, when he wakes up in Mitsuha's body he gets he gets to see what life is like living in this you know in a remote remote more simple uh, village away from like the hustle and bustle of Tokyo and he sees what that's like and it's kind of like a nice, nice love story in that way because it's kind of like it deals with some things like you know gender, gender swapping, gender identity, and um, just like, just like you know living, experiencing life in the other person's shoes. Like to really fall in love with someone, you gotta, you know, be be, be take an empathic approach, kind of see what life is like from their side. And the film does play does play with that theme that way, and I thought it was really cool, and it's very humorous, and it's very emotional too. And I gotta say, the animation for this film was absolutely gorgeous. Um, the the, uh, the the studio that did the animation was Comics Wave Films, and their animation in this film was just so lush and beautiful, like the colors and the the fluidity of the animation. It almost it kind of gives like a Studio Ghibli a run for their money. It kind of rivals them in terms of quality. And actually, like your name was so popular in Japan that it actually became the uh, the first anime not directed by Hayao Miyazaki to earn uh, more than a hundred a hundred million dollars at the Japanese box office, or oh. or ten billion yen. And yeah, it's it's a it's a film that uh, that I absolutely like, that I absolutely love actually. And this is a film that I'm that I would love to see more animated films in that same vein. Um, I, I do. I do want to check out other uh, other films from Makoto Shinkai. I heard. I heard his other films are fantastic too. Um, so your name, I highly recommend that. It's playing at the Providence Place uh, Mall uh, Cinema. Uh, you can watch the uh, English dub version, or you can watch the Japanese uh, version. Which one did you watch? I watched the English dub because usually that's how I watch anime anyway. So um, so yeah. I, once this film comes out, I can't wait to check it out. Cool. Yeah. So um, yeah. Your name and uh, saw that, and you no. Know, besides that, uh, haven't. Besides that, I've actually been been getting back into playing Fallout Four for the PS4. Okay. Um, and what's cool is that um, uh, Fallout Four for the PS4, as well as the Xbox One, they have mod support. So now I'm just playing with uh, with utilizing the mods to kind of like you know kind of cheat my way through the game a little bit. Cool. Yeah, because I because I I've played through um, Fallout Three like regularly. And yeah. I played through Fallout, played through most of Fallout New Vegas, but for Fallout Four, I just want to play for just for the story, and plus, like, um, I, 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 I play, there's some other games that I'm playing right now. So with Fallout Four, I've, I've installed mods in the game, or downloaded mods in the game where I have all the perks, um, so I don't have, so basically, I don't have to really level level my character. I have all the perks. I have like over sixty five thousand. Um, bottle caps so i can basically spend money on any kind of weapon or what armor i need um i have this there's this cheat room that I, that I unlocked and then this cheat room i can actually uh where i can actually uh, use utilize any of the uh, so-called cheat weapons which is basically like 
overpowered as hell. It was just one shot kills everywhere. Um, just like stockpiles of ammunition. He's trying to like just get through the game just so you can like start playing something else. Kinda, kinda, oh, okay. you know, cause like, cause I bought Fallout 4 when it first came out, um, November 2015, and mod support, uh, mod support arrived at the PS4 and Xbox One, I think, last fall. Okay. So, so now, now that the mods are out and there's some popular ones out there, I'm just, I'm just, you know, tooling around with it. Why the hell not? You know, kind of experiencing the game that way. Plus, you know, it's, so, that, so that way it won't feel like a ho a huge grind. Yeah. So that's so that's, so that's what I'm doing. So Fallout Four, I might I might say I might have more to say about it uh, in the coming weeks ahead. Why don't you just Twitch it? We have a Twitch channel. Oh yeah, we do. We do have a Twitch channel actually. <laughs> so uh, that's an idea. I might I might just do that at some point. All right then. All right then. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's up. So yeah, that's uh, that's me. So Carl, how's life on your end? Uh, I've been freaking busy as hell. I. Other than I managed to see, uh, to squeeze in some time for some nerd stuff, I pretty much worked from like 9 a.m. Saturday to 6 a.m. Monday morning. Damn, so I'm still man. trying to catch up on some sleep. Damn, man. So, you're working too hard, man. That's Shit, what I do. Killing yourself, bro. That's what I do. I'm going to work till I die. <laughs> oh, man. We need you on the podcast, though. I still make time for the podcast. You do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good that, you know, you make time for the podcast and you don't, you know, you know, throw out excuses. Shade thrown. <laughs> but yeah, continue. No, I still manage to balance. I still manage to balance uh, my time throughout everything. So, um, other than watching uh, Fat, um, Fate of the Furious, we'll get more into that. Yeah. I actually um, dabbled into the new Netflix hit series, uh, 13 Reasons, Reasons Why. I mentioned last week that I did, um, that I started it, and I actually end up finishing it. It stars um, Dylan Minnett. As the main character Clay and Catherine Langford as Hannah, which is the poor girl who um, killed us, who kills herself, mm -hmm. and it's ba actually based on a 2007 novel of the same name, written by Jay Asher. Mm -hmm. Now uh, it focuses more on um, bullying and um, how bullying could lead to uh, suicide in a high school environment. Um, Damn, I forgot what I was gonna say. Very good show. I definitely will recommend it. It's and it's actually kind of funny how how like things turned out because I um, I have a friend who's been going through a bullying situation with her daughter mm -hmm. and she um, she decided to start a campaign and this show just happened to come up. Oh, wow. So I started watching it and then I reached out to her and said, hey, I see what you're going through. Maybe you should check out, um, you know, 13 Reasons Why on Netflix. You know, it's all about bullying and, you know, yaddy, you know, so forth and so forth. Mm -hmm. And we got to talking, and then she ended up um, starting a Stop the Bullying Facebook page. Um, I, can po I can possibly uh, post a link on our social media soon. But, um, yeah, it just happened. To, yeah, and I'm, and I'm helping her out as far as, like, getting her message out there for her campaign and stuff. So it's just kind of funny how, like, how like the universe works with it with um the timing of this of this um show mm. but um yeah it's a very good movie it's a very good show though it revolves around this poor girl this girl hannah who was pretty much bullied in um high school modern day high school and um like it starts from like an innocent picture that just went horribly wrong it was spread out to um through text messaging and social media so she's embarrassed in one way and then just a turns of you know lead, uh, like um, a series of unfortunate events just led her it just 
pretty much drove her to the point where she just takes her own life. Mm. She and um, but before she did, but like weeks before she did that, she made tapes of um, just basically her explaining the situation, explaining the reasons why she's taking her own life, and each individual, each of, you know, each of the characters who. Um, who has affected her life in some way, to which drove her to suicide? They actually had like their own, their own tape. Mm. So, um, you know, it deals with a lot of issues. You know, uh, teenage drinking, depression, rape. Rape is pretty much one key um, thing, key thing that happens in the in the show. And like I said, and then eventually, you know, Joy drives a poor girl to kill herself. Mm. Wow, it's a it's a very good very good story. Derek Luke from Antoine Fisher, it's notorious. Many other movies. You know, he was in a couple of episodes of Empire. He's in it. He plays uh, the uh, school counselor. So I mean, he you know he's in. Oh yeah, and the school actually goes on to an investigation too. Goes under investigation because of okay, she took her own life. So they they were investigating whether if the girl was bullied or not. Mm-hmm. You end up doing seeing seeing the show that she was. So um, yeah, and it was also executive produced by Selena Gomez too. I think I don't, I don't think she really did much. It was probably just a celebrity name to tie to the show. But mm-hmm. there's also a half-hour special called Thirteen Reasons Why, which goes into like a more of an in-depth reason, like why the show was made, why they did certain things that they did, like um, like there was the she um okay Hannah kills herself by slitting her wrist, and they actually showed it. Oh man! Yeah, and it was Damn. very, it was very painful to watch. And the student, they actually wanted to do that just so they can further get their message out there and show how painful it can be to mm. drive somebody to uh, hurt themselves and whatever. So, um, mm. and I've actually, and me, you know, working with people with disabilities, I do have clients who um, who are suicidal. So, I mean, if you really feel like the need to the need to bully somebody, like just don't. Because mm. it could drive them to that point. Mm. Indeed, yeah. So that's that sounds like a pretty deep show. Very, very deep. It's good. It's good. It's a very. It's a. It's definitely an eye opener. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. And how many episodes? Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. And it's like is it is it like a mini series or is there gonna, are there going to be more seasons? Do you know? I. Not sure. I haven't heard anything about Netflix renewing it for a second season. But um, honestly, with the way the show, the, the way this season ended, mm. I think it's fine just the way it is. Like there are some unanswered questions, but I don't think they really need to. Um, they need to answer them. And if they do mm. get a, if they do get a um, second season, it would lose, like the focus on Hannah who was like the heart of the show mm-hmm. and it would it would you know it would lose its heart and then it would just focus on more of the characters and then you would eventually end up forgetting hey this show was about you know Hannah the teenage girl who killed herself oh wow indeed all right interesting I'll yeah I'll, pro- I'll probably check that out at some point you know Another- it's right up your alley oh come on man <laughs> I mean I mean, yeah, there's a lot of dark stuff that I that I enjoy. I mean, it just happened to work that way, you know? It's not that like I seek dark stuff, you know? I look for a good story. Most of them just happen to be dark. And about 80% of them? 
I'd say like 50, 55%. It's more than that. All right, maybe 60, but still. No, I, I say 80. <laughs> I don't know, I'm giving you, I'm being nice and saying 80. Yeah, whatever, man, whatever. But uh, I think we'll just have to agree to, agree to disagree on, a, on the percentage. But uh, interesting. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out at some point. Cool. Um, any other things you've been up to? Nope. Just work. Just work? <laughs> Fast eight. All right, that's what's up. So yeah, um, before we get into Fast 8, we have a few uh, few news items on the docket here, some topics. Um, first off is uh, probably the biggest one since Star Wars Celebration is, uh, has just recently happened, and that is the uh, teaser trailer for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Now, have you had a chance to see it? I did. Uh, what do you think about it? It's going to be Empire Strikes Back all over again in just a new form. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I hope that they don't, you know, that they don't take they don't they don't take uh, Empire's blueprint and then then remix it. Yeah, just like just like the Force Awakens, it pretty much was a New Hope it's blueprint and just with new characters. Nah, that that would be that would be pretty lazy. I think uh, with Ryan Johnson as a director and writer, I think they're gonna take a different approach. Um, but I mean, look at it. You got um, you got Luke Skywalker training Rey. Yeah. Who trained Luke in in Empire Strikes Back? I mean, yeah, there's that. There, I mean, Yoda trained him, but still, I mean, I, I think I really do see it happening. Just being just another Empire Strikes Back. Nah, I think um, I think uh, Ryan Johnson. I think he said that with uh, with the screenplay for this film, it's gonna be more. It's gonna be a, a more nuanced Star Wars film than what one would expect. Like they're gonna go beyond the simple light side, dark side. You know, good and evil. I think they're gonna introduce some more ambiguity. To, to the whole thing, which which I would appreciate. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna see it regardless. I mean, at this point, is I'm not you know a star a Star Wars geek unlike somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm at this point. I am invested into the story. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I mean, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna watch it regardless. Like I've seen the main. I mean, I'll stay committed to just the main films. I don't really yeah. need to go see. I mean, you know, I did see Rogue One, but I'm not gonna watch like. Uh, Rebels and mm. uh, Clone Wars and all that. Yeah, and and really with this uh with this teaser trailer, I mean, I thought it was fine, but you know what 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 amuses me more about the trailer? It's not so much the trailer itself, but all the reactions to it. Like for example, there's just there's like hundreds, if not thousands, of reaction videos on YouTube alone. Uh, you know, nitpicking and analyzing every single aspect of the trailer. Like, <laughs> oh, like, oh, this this frame here. What does it mean? Oh my God, this connects. It's like all these all these theories that people are that fans are just you know coming up with. And I'm and I'm saying to myself, I'm actually interested in fan theories though. I'm not though, because for me, it's like the only like. Yes, I'm gonna. We're gonna see it in December. I know I'm gonna see the Last Jedi in December, and we can have a meaningful discussion of the film when it actually comes out, when we see the whole thing. But all this speculating and all this theorizing—it's just a for clickbait, and b, it's it's. It, 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 it just points to the oversaturation of Star Wars at this point, and and this is coming from a hardcore Star Wars fan. Thanks, Ewell. No, no, I, I disputed that. Listen, on my first episode of Victor's Corner, AWOL did not get me into Star Wars. If anything, we got into Star Wars around the same time, all right? I got him. I actually I got him. I listened Wars. to that, uh, like, a little bit of that earlier today, so that's how I brought it up. Wow. Shout out to AWOL, though. But you know the truth. I got you into Star Wars. But really, I mean... Like I said, all these all these reaction videos, it's just making me, you know, roll my eyes. And I think that... 
I gotta be honest, like for me, the, the this whole hype with The Last Jedi and the whole hype of Star Wars as a whole, I'm getting a little tired of it. I'm getting a little fatigued. I mean, because Rogue One, Rogue One was entertaining. I like Rogue One. Yeah, but it's also a, a non-essential film. It's... I, but yeah, it's still kind of piecing. Well, it, it pieces together from the from the prequel trilogy to A New Hope. It does. So I mean, I appreciate I, mean, it. I appreciate it for what it was. Yeah, I mean, on a, on a more on the most superficial level, it's a it's a satisfying action film. Yeah, but, definitely. But it, it was just you know fan service the movie. I thought it tried way too hard, and um, this upcoming Han Solo film, young with young Han Solo, yeah. I'm sure it'll be the same same uh, boat. Entertaining, but non-essential. Do we do we really need to learn about Han Solo's adventures as a young smuggler? No, we really don't. And um, I don't, and and you know, for me, with when it comes to Star Wars, when it comes to storytelling, I'm all about moving forward momentum, moving the needle forward. We don't have to go all the way back. And really, with Star Wars, um, I I hope that I hope that the scope of Star Wars as a whole can be expanded beyond stormtroopers and Jedi lightsabers and X-Wings and TIE Fighters. I hope that there's a whole galaxy worth of, of, of richness there that's untapped still. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to focus on the Galactic Civil War or, you know, Jedi's and Sith. Expand, be more creative, Disney. I mean, Jesus. Can they do that with like Rebels and Clone Wars and all that? No, because it's 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 still it's still stormtroopers and stormtroopers and rebels and. Well, I mean, they're a very essential part of the um, of the Star Wars universe. Right, but you know, I mean, it's like one of those things you just can't have. It's like you just can't have Star Wars without those elements. It's like you can't have wrestling without a body slam. Well, I mean, well, wrestling is different. Yeah, but, but you still can't have a wrestling. You can't have wrestling without a body slam or whatever. Yeah, but with but with Star Wars, we're talking about storytelling where it's it's, it's a it's story, a, telling a story in wrestling as well. It's right, but but sticking with Star Wars, we're talking about a large yeah. universe with multiple characters, planets, aliens, and whatnot. There's there's many stories you can tell without using those same elements that you've seen for for, for the past forty years. Is what I'm saying. No, nobody wants to see all that. That's well, like, that it, it just I, I make, it'll make it'll make it just a little bit more, and it could be a little too much overkill. Man. No, I mean, I mean, right now we're already in the overkill phase with all the Star Wars stuff that we're seeing now, with the same elements from the past forty years. But what I'm saying is, you can you can you can have the Star Wars name, have a wholly original story without using or using at least one or two of those elements, but not really emphasizing them. Show us something brand new that we haven't seen before in the Star Wars universe. Is what I'm saying. Well, you are getting new characters: BB-8, Poe Dameron, Finn. Yeah, right? but, yes, but again, Carl. And it's leading think, into it's leading into a whole new story. Right, it's a whole new story, but again. But I yeah, you still gotta have. You still get, but you need those same elements just to keep the essence of Star Wars. Yeah. I would argue that you don't need those elements. Like not, I mean, not. I mean, in the main story, maybe sure, because of the sequel trilogy and all. Yeah. But, but like for side stories, for like um, spinoffs, or even just wholly original stories that take place outside of that whole uh, that whole sto- the whole you know continuity and all that you can have original stories without those elements okay but um, oh, but then like shout, you know, us, but, shout yeah. out to Maurice on this all okay so okay he because he likes beginning middle and end mm-hmm. the Star Wars story is supposed to end at some point you all with if they do all that when is it gonna end well I would argue that 
it's never going to end because Disney, they have announced that they are going to make more movies beyond episode 9, which closes the sequel trilogy. So they might either make continue making anthology movies or spin-offs, or they might revisit the sequel trilogy characters with a whole new series of films, which I really hope they don't. But, you know... They gotta get that money somehow. Yeah, but I, I think we'll just have to agree to disagree. I mean, I mean, Star Wars, it's a, it's a rich... It's a rich license. I, I don't think it's being creatively, it's creatively untapped in many ways. And I think that, you know, more writers and directors should be more ambitious with the property. You know, we haven't seen that yet, but I think we will, hopefully. Not even with The Force Awakens in which you gave it like moonlight-like praise? Well, it's a great film. It's a, it's a great film. But I'm saying that at this point, expand the horizons of the license. But, you know, we'll, sure. we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Go ahead, next one. Uh, for the next headline, um, the NES Classic has been discontinued worldwide. Uh, Nintendo's novelty console launched on November 10th of last year, and the meager supply has consistently failed to uh, meet the customer demand. And apparently, because the NES Classic has been discontinued, all you scalpers and eBay sellers will, have a, will be making a ra raucous killing online with this now rare item i got mine you got you, you got mine better get but you can't get yours anymore unless you want to spend 300 400 on i got it. mine already i mean here, here's here's my take on this i mean nintendo nintendo's so full of shit <laughs> i mean i mean nintendo with their artificial scarcity i mean you think that they're they have the money and they have the means to to actually meet customer demand and have and make regular you know, you know, consistent supplies of NES classics that can meet customer demand, just like any console on the market. But they decided to, you know, make their, you know, make their console uh, much a more rare novelty item, item than that, than it deserves to be. And really, if you have a PC, all you, all you need are the ROMs and the emulators, and you can literally have every single NES game right there. So you don't really need an NES classic to begin with, and you can use. And, and, and there are people have 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 used like USB controllers that are shaped like the NES, uh, old, the the old NES controller anyway. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you don't really need the NES Classic anyhow. So though I don't understand Nintendo's you know making making scarce amounts of the of the system for for what what purpose does it really serve? I got mine. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's it was just it was something cool to have, as you know, an '80s baby who had who had the uh, original NES system, mm -hmm. and of course, you know, over time, you know, you lose it, you trade it in or whatever for newer systems and whatnot. I mean, you know, you lose it, but yet you still, you know, want to go back to your childhood and relive it. Mm -hmm. So, and I did that. I got up at five in the morning just to go to Best Buy, get a ticket, come back at eight, and then buy. And buy the system. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was worth it. It's fun. I mean, the last Freddy Cup, we got a, we got to it. We played some uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, as you can see on uh, my Instagram at MrBird1027. Mm -hmm. And um, like, it was just a great. It, like, it's just fun. It's just sometimes it's just fun to go back, and it's just a cool little system to have. So I went ahead and got it. No, well, lucky you. I mean, yeah, I looked. Out. I did look out. Yeah, I mean, as for me, I'll stick to the ROMs and emulators. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, N Nintendo, get your life. <laughs> anyway, uh, next headline here: uh, James Gunn has been confirmed to direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. 
To which I say, man, the, the corpse of Volume 2 is still hot. It's not even out in theaters yet. And you already announced Volume 3. Apparently, uh, according to Gunn, Volume 3 will take place after Avengers Infinity War. Now, obviously, we're going to see Volume 2. We'll talk about it on the podcast. Um, I got to say, man, we've talked about superhero fatigue. And I think John Haponic, our dear uh, DC, uh, DC lover and Marvel hater, uh, he's going to get a kick out of this. But I still like the MCU. I'm still a fan of Marvel. But I am experiencing superhero fatigue i'm not particularly mcu fatigue well i mean they're dishing out quality products they're on top why not why why stop if your momentum is going they're putting out great products i mean they've had a couple of misses you know like you said um you didn't like the thor movies too much um, well thor the thor the dark world yeah thor, the dark world thor the dark world um i had a couple of iron mans or whatever but yeah. like but a lot of them have been hits. Doctor Strange, Civil mm -hmm. War, all three, all of the Captain Americas actually. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I did mention Doctor Strange. Guard the first Guardians of the Galaxy was really mm -hmm. good. I mean, even the Netflix stuff is good, minus uh, Iron Fist. But um, mm -hmm. like their moment, they have that momentum. Why you know? Why not keep going? There's a high demand for it. They're not pulling a Nintendo and say, okay, we're gonna. We're gonna release this great movie and then we're just not gonna do. It. We're gonna like stop. Right. They're pulling out. They're put. They're dishing out quality products. The, People want them. Mm-hmm. I want them. Right. So I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure you do want them. Yeah, for the most part. So there's nothing wrong with. It. Yeah. It's a great time to be a nerd. <sighs> Especially with all these movies. It is. I mean, I mean, I would agree with you there, but. Um, I, I just think that with uh, announcing a sequel before the before the current film is out in theaters, it, it just it just it just reinforces the notion that these movies that these movies are basically be good. well no that they're not only not only that but more so that they're advertisements for the next movie to come out. Like it just feels manufactured, like assembly line production. Like okay, we got volume two. Okay, look forward to the next one on our slate. Then the next one on our slate. It's like a conveyor belt of just assembly line entertainment, one after the other. And but it's not bad entertainment. It's not okay. Bad, switch but... the switch the roles. Okay, switch the roles. Okay. All right. Imagine. Okay. Imagine. Mar okay. Marvel having their great content. Uh huh. DC having their awful content. Right. But DC's the one that's putting all those, putting that bad content out over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. While Marvel will just tease you with one movie, then we'll go wait, God knows how long, then we'll get another one. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, like... Well, I mean, if, if DC was still churning out pro bad product, like Marvel turns out good product with that same, same amount of frequency, I would be annoyed. Yeah, exactly. There's no need, there really is no need to be annoyed. Enjoy it, like enjoy it. Yeah, Marvel's man. kicking, Marvel's kicking ass. Right. Let them kick ass. Right, but here, but here's the thing: like when you announce a sequel before the film, before the current film comes out, that just take that just robs the current film of any dramatic heft it would have, like any tension. Because you would think that, oh well, obviously all these characters are gonna survive this one, so we're gonna see them for Volume Three and probably Volume Four. So you know what? I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the ride. There's no there you go. There's no dramatic tension here. There's no there's no unpredictability. I'll just, just I'll, I'll just sit and just just just, just let it enjoy the ride. But then so you actually, but still, you even never know. It, yeah, well, I don't want to say Yandu. Yeah, Yandu may get killed. 
he's joined from what it looks like he's joining the crew in volume two he might get killed off in this one something could happen where the whole story is going to take a whole nother turn mm. you don't you don't know that i mean from what we've seen so far i mean you, you i don't know that we already okay all right i, I want to see adam warlock in in mcu yeah he was already teased in the first movie mm -hmm. so i mean who knows adam warlock may show up in volume two which could lead to volume three possibly it's still possible. We still don't know what's going to happen. We know that there's going to be a volume three, so something's going to, you know, the story's going to keep going, but we still don't know what's going to happen. Enjoy the ride. Stop complaining. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just getting tired is all, man. I mean... All right, so don't go see it. I mean, I, I, I am going to see it. All right, then. So what's the problem? I, I don't think you understand where I'm coming from, bro. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that you know, let the current films that you have in your slate breathe. I know, I know, Marvel has announced their whole slate of films, but don't don't. DC did too. Yeah, right, but don't announce the next. And this goes for DC too. Don't announce the next sequel to your current film. Let the current film have its run. Let it breathe. Let us perc. Let, let let it percolate in the in the public consciousness. Then announce the sequel. All right. Don't and don't because because when you announce a sequel ahead of time. It, it, it just makes it seem like the current film is just an advertisement for the next one, and the next one, and the next one. It's like, I don't know. I'm just getting tired, man. I'm yeah, I'm. I'm getting tired. And for the record, Volume Three, I'm kind of, I'm excited. I want it. What's gonna happen? Uh, well, something's good. Something's gonna happen to where they have to make a part three. I'm interested to see what's that. Well, what's gonna happen is we're gonna have witty character banter, some great action, a huge ginormous CG light show at the end of the film, and another teaser for the next movie. That's what's gonna happen. That's the blueprint. That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's working. It is working. I mean, I mean, I honestly thought Doctor Strange was gonna tie in with Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, for the record with Doctor Strange, it was enjoyable, but I have no desire to watch that movie ever again. I really don't. I have no motivation to watch that movie again. It's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but eh, I can do without it. Eh. I, put it I, I put it in the same class as, as the first Thor movie. Just something that you watch once and then that's it. But that's just me. But I'm, getting, I'm, I'm just getting fatigued is all. But, uh... Uh, speaking of fatigue, um, The Fate of the Furious, uh, before we get into that, uh, it actually broke The Force Awakens box office, opening box office record. Apparently, uh, F8, or Fate, get it, <laughs> made an estimated $532.8 million worldwide against a $250 million budget, which breaks the two-year-old record of The Force Awakens, which earned $529 million on its opening day weekend. And this makes F8 the biggest worldwide box office opening film of all time. Now you, being such a Fast and Furious hater for so long, mm -hmm. you know, and you being such a Star Wars geek for so long, mm -hmm. how does that make you feel? Like when, we, when that headline broke, I, I immediately thought of you Cause you just said that there. Cause I could just imagine you saying that there are five hundred thirty-two point eight million mouth-breathing, <laughs> so forth and so forth. We just beat. We beat. We beat your movie. Hmm. I'm. I'm actually. I'm actually a little surprised by this. Uh, I actually am too. I was I mean, not expecting that. Nah. I mean. I mean, the the Fast and Furious franchise. I mean, the, it's a billion dollar franchise, yeah. and 
And this film, man, the fact that it actually broke uh, The Force Awakens record, I mean, I, I would hope that this doesn't motivate uh, uh, Universal to make more Fast and Furious movies beyond 9 and 10. I, I really hope not. It probably it's will. It's possible. Never know. And I'll be right there to watch them all. I mean, they, they might they might as well. I mean, they just they just might as well. I mean, what 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 what's next? Like a like a Fast and Furious Star Wars crossover, or, or like a or Iris called it. They're going to space. Or or Fast and Furious. Oh, the Fast and the Furious Road crossover with the next Mad Max sequel. <sighs> really? I, anyway, um, dude. All that hat, dude. Take my money. Hollywood, do not take that idea. <laughs> do not take that idea. Like, I mean, copyright that bitch so you can get some fucking royalties. Copyright Victor Amoyo Codex Prime Podcast. George Miller, holla at me. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, uh, final headline before we get into our main review. Uh, Carrie Fisher, the late great Carrie Fisher, rest in peace. She will not be in Star Wars Episode Nine. Um, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy uh, st stated that contrary to the claims of uh, Todd Fisher, who's uh, Carrie Fisher's uh, brother, uh, the character of Leia will not be featured in the final episode of the sequel trilogy, Episode 9. Uh, currently, the, the, the screenplay for Episode 9 is being reworked so that Leia will not be featured in the film. When did they make that decision? Because I last I checked, which was, in, what, a couple of days ago that they decided that they're still gonna um, keep her in episode nine. Yeah, I think I think because like because she already filmed all her scenes for her episode eight. eight yeah. And so it's probably because maybe there's not enough footage to justify using her for episode nine. So they'll have to find some way to kind of write her off in a way, not necessarily kill off her character because I think that would be in bad taste. But mm. write her off in a retire, way. Retire retire the character like how they did Paul Walker in Fast in the Fast Seven. Yeah, like kind of maybe have someone take her take over her leadership role, kind of evolve another character's role. I could see that happening. But yeah, hopefully they. I mean, it's a good thing because hopefully they're not going to use, you know, pull off that Peter Cushing, Grand Moff Tarkin oh, CG man. treatment because that that shit was disturbing and. Uh, I saw. I really recently saw it again. I was like, ooh, wow, that was bad. It it was. That it was, was bad. It was distracting and oh my god! I just hope. Come on, Disney, y'all can do better than that. Yeah, d don't God, leave the dead alone. Let the dead rest, man. Please. Um. So yeah, that, that, that does it for all our news and headlines. And now we get to our main topic, which is uh, long anticipated, at least for this guy and our other two uh, co-hosts here. We're gonna talk about the fate of the Furious. Here's our spoiler-filled review. Uh, before we get into before we get into our spoiler-filled review, uh, for the record, I, I really liked the movie. Carl, I'm sure you liked it. I loved it. I enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed myself watching it. Yeah, so if you haven't seen the film, if you've seen the previous film, <laughs> come on, just just see it. I mean, if, if you even like Tokyo Drift, then you're going to like this film. So, oh, it's definitely better than Tokyo Drift. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it wouldn't make any sense if you met somebody who said that, oh, I love Tokyo Drift, but I hate F8. It's like, what? You're hustling backwards then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, Fate of the Furious. So... For all of you popcorn munching, mouth breathing, masturbating, book hating, school bunking, culture lacking, 
uh, ass scratching, nose picking, fast food eating simpletons, have we got the movie for you. Your movie of the year 2017 has arrived with the fate of the furious. In this eighth installment of this inexplicably long running franchise. Just for the record, you're becoming one of those. You are loving, you are growing to like them more and more, I've noticed. No, don't interrupt my spiel. You are. I'm just saying. So, uh, in this eighth installment of this uh, of this unreasonably long-running franchise, Vin Diesel reprises his role as Dominic Toretto, who uh, who is forced to betray his family when he's forced to team up with the uh, villainous Cipher, played by Charlize Theron. And it's up to the rest of Vin Diesel's family, led by Luke Hobbs, played by Dwayne the Boulder Johnson, to, uh, to, to, to put together the rest of the team to figure out why Dominic Toretto has betrayed his family. So, um, in for cars go vroom, guns go bang, vehicles go boom. It's, 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 a, it's a smorgasbord of ridiculous, uh, over-the-top special effects. Um, for so for all of you popcorn munchers out there eating eating the, a trough full of carbonated soda and junk food and filled filled with trans fats and GMOs, getting all fat right. by the seconds, sitting your lard asses in the theaters, going <laughs> action as you shove all of that junk food in your face hole. This is the movie that was tailor made just. For you, you're the reason why America ranks around 31st in education. Just for the record. So, Carl, what the hell did you think of the fate of the Furious? It's fucking awesome, man. I enjoyed every minute of it. I um, I was so curious going into it. I was like, wow, okay, what's got, what is it that makes that you know makes uh, Dominic Toretto turn on his crew, turn mm. on his family, family. Family. Family made him turn. Made him turn. Like he finds out that he has a son mm-hmm. by um by Elena that she was she didn't know she was pregnant until like after everything you know after she had gotten back with Letty mm-hmm. and all that. So um and Cipher kidnap kidnaps um uh, Letty and um, Dom's son mm-hmm. and then just puts him in a predicament where he Elena yeah Elena yeah. yeah. And he just puts him puts him in a predicament where he just he had to do it. He didn't even want to do it, mm-hmm. and he was actually able to tell that too. When uh, in the previews, it's like it's like okay, he's turning, but he just did not want to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an interesting twist in the whole uh, uh, Fast and Furious uh, series. Um, it's it, I mean seeing seeing Toretto because him family means so much to him. Yeah, why not? I mean, and, I'm, I'm pretty family oriented. Um, yeah, but and, and for the record, before I get into it, um, first of all, uh, Vin, family—it's a three-syllable word. It's not family. So it's, a, it's pretty syllables. much. A, it's like an accent thing. Even I say sometimes family. See, gotta enunciate your words though. But you know it all the time. Okay, it's a, listen. It's probably it's like a it's an accent thing sometimes. Not everybody has to go down south and say that shit. I, I I know I'll be looked at as a freaking elitist or some shit, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting twist yeah. uh, on the on the In DC. They don't get married; they get murdered. Murdered, murdered. They get murdered. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it's 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 interesting, you know, seeing because you see how close knit and how tighter this whole unit, this ragtag bunch has uh, has become over the course of several of seven or now eight films, and um. 
I, I for the record, I really do. I really did like um, Charlize Theron's character Cipher. Yeah. Uh, she she definitely is the most formidable villain in the whole uh, franchise. Where she has a vast amount of uh, you know resources at her disposal, um, weapons, espionage, tech, you name it. And yeah, she had it all. Yeah, and she was able to uh, you know you know use uh, use uh, Toretto for her own personal whims. Um, I will say that the the scene where she ultimately reveals uh, Elena and the fact that they have a son together, I, you know, I I, I wouldn't say I, I got a slightly choked up. I was slightly choked up at that moment, you know, especially when you saw the tears, you know, come welling up in Vin Diesel's eyes. I saw I saw it with a, with a good friend of mine, and, and she, you know, she was she kind of got a little little emotional there too. I was just like, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> that was like my only reaction to it. it was like, mm. she just said, I was like, damn. Mm. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it definitely it is, is, is definitely like a soap opera twist. But um, I, I, I will I will say that uh, that that made it interesting. That I mean, the stakes were raised. Yeah. Um, uh, the the action set pieces uh, I, I will say are just gleefully over the top. Definitely. More over the top than your usual uh, Fast and Furious fare. Of course, you gotta you gotta push it like, somehow. It's like they always they always up the ante, but um, of course, and, but, um, and us popcorn munching, munching mouth yeah, feathers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love it. We're suspense from reality. Yeah, we're okay with that. T too much so, but um. Um, You're just mad because there's no cancer in the film. Oh please, whatever. Uh, see, um, what's interesting about this film too is that um, this is the first film without Paul Walker. May right. he rest in peace. And so it's it's interesting because Paul Walker was sort of like the everyman, everyman character, the protagonist. He was like, kind of like our audience avatar. So now with this, we don't really have that character anymore. I think the I think the the closest to that and. It's kind of weird saying that is Luke Hobbs, the Rock's character. He's kind of seen as more like more or less a de facto uh, leader, especially especially in this film. Um, I think I think that the I think that this is this is the start of where maybe they're gonna switch the the main protagonist to maybe the Rock, have him carry the franchise along with Vin Diesel. I don't see that happening. Yeah, although it's interesting because uh, reportedly there's been some there's been the tension. Yeah, yeah, behind the scenes tension between Vin Diesel and the Rock. I mean, I'm mm. sure it can be resolved. I mean, they're grown ass men, so they can. Yeah. They can resolve it. But. Yeah, I mean, and besides with a billion dollar franchise, I mean, they, they don't really want to you know rock that boat too much. I don't exactly. think. Exactly. Um, I don't know, like. What are what are your thoughts on um, like what are what what some of the scenes in the film that kind of stand out to you the most in, in this film? Oh, New York. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the New York scene where they drive in and then um, they had them trapped and they all shot. Um, you know what they are. I just can't. They're escaping right now. But they shot. Um, Damn it! They really. I'm having a huge brain fart right now. <laughs> okay. Well, the whole all right. The the whole New York sequence was awesome. Uh, yeah, and then like whenever, and then when she, one part when Charlene Theron just said, "Make it rain," and all these cars just started falling out of the skyscrapers mm -hmm. from the parking garages. Mm -hmm. So they all tried to, you know, had to dodge it. Oh, yeah. Harpoons. That's the what harpoons, they were. <laughs> yeah, the harpoons. Yeah. yeah, the harpoon scenes where they all had, where they all like have been diesel trapped, and then he mm -hmm. still managed to escape that, mm -hmm. and then he still confronted to to um, Letty. Wait, Letty confronted him, and he's like, I can't tell. It's like, 
I did, he's like, you could tell, he was saying, like, I don't, I, you know I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. There's a reason why I can't tell you right now yet. And, mm. and, of course, like, the movie had to go, you know, I had to go on and on. And then, plus, it was also when, um, how Helen Mirren's character came into play. Because mm-hmm. I remember when she was being, when it was announced that she was going to be in, it was like, how the hell is this old heifer going to be into the movie? Whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, it's Dame Helen Mirren, and she's a reputable Oscar-winning actress, all right? She's okay, props she, she to her. Heifer. She <laughs> props heifer. to her, but that was my initial thought. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is she going to do it? But then she turns out to be um, Ian and Decker Shaw's mother. Mm-hmm. And I was not even expecting uh, Luke Evans to reprise his role as... Um, Ian Shaw, like, I thought he was killed off, mm. you know, completely, and Decker was getting his revenge. Mm. But then they end up, you know, joining forces and then joining Dominic Toretto's side when he mm. finally uh, turned around. Mm. And, uh, like, I thought, and Jason Statham seen while he was um, helping the baby escape. Mm-hmm. And he was that was awesome. Yeah, that was just hilarious. That was more hilarious than everything. It was, you know, mm. I enjoyed the action. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I will say get, before I get into Jason Statham, like the whole zombie car sequence in New York where Cipher was control, remote controlling all of those cars. That shit was yeah. insane. Yeah, hijacking all of the chips in the in the vehicles. The conspiracy and, theorist in me just said, you know, that could possibly happen. Eh, maybe not to that extent, but you never, but, you never you know. know just just seeing that sea of like cars just jammed up and piled on. Like I want to, I like to know how much of that was practical and how much of that was CG. Especially in, in shooting it in those streets in New York. Yeah, it was quite a lot of it had to be, a lot of it had to yeah. be CG, especially yeah. in New York, one of the busiest cities in the world. Like, yeah, but it, was, it that, that was a pretty awesome sequence, especially um, uh, seeing Vin Diesel steal the uh, nuclear football from that. Uh, yeah. From that a limousine, uh, from that diplomat. Yeah. Um, I, uh, uh, and, and getting back to uh, Jason Statham, I think ultimately, in my view, he and The Rock had some of the best scenes in the whole film. Oh, the prison! Oh, the prison fight riot scene. That was awesome. That yeah. was hilarious. Now, I, it, it was hilarious, and, and it's clear that The Rock and Statham have great chemistry together. They do. I mean, I, I mean, I would not mind seeing a buddy cop film or buddy. Adventure film between those two characters. Like True, but the only mo- the only buddy cop movie I want to see The Rock in is one with Stone Cold. Oh, I would totally see that. It would not go straight to video, but no. <laughs> but um, the, the the prison sequence was great. But also, this is this is. I mean, I, I, as implausible as Fast and Furious is, there are certain elements that even I. That even when I was like, come on, dude. Like, for example, when the, when the Rock no sold getting shot in the chest with a rubber rubber bullets. Bullet, yeah. And then it's like I don't, in, in real life, I don't care how big or how diesel you yeah, are. Rubber bullets hurt. You get if you get shot in the chest, point blank range with a rubber bullet, your chest will cave in, your ribs will. Break. You will die. You will you'll die. You'll die. Your yeah, your lungs you and your heart will be punctured. But this dude no sold it, and um, but but that whole sequence was, was pretty cool. So it was kind of like you know the Rock and Statham you know fighting their way through this whole crowd. Oh, prison. and in the way they and, kept roasting um. Uh, I don't even know the cat, this guy's real name, but they kept him like doc. They kept calling him Doctor Nobody. Oh, like Little Nobody. Little oh, Nobody. That's played what by uh, Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son. That's what it was. Yeah, that's oh, his son. Shit. Looks looks just. Wait, like wasn't that. he in um Gran Torino? Um, I don't think he was. No, Clint Eastwood obviously was, but I don't think Scott. No, was. no, uh, I believe Scott Eastwood was in Gran Torino. Oh, was he? As um, if you remember that scene where um. Where the where the girl was walking and she started getting bullied and she was walking with that um, with that kid who with the 
the Caucasian kid who was mm-hmm. trying to act, you know, ghetto and all that, and then mm-hmm. um, Clint Eastwood's character called him a little bitch, basically. Oh, was that him? Yeah. Hmm. I gotta, wa- I gotta watch. I think movie. it was him. I know that. W- I know that was Clint Eastwood's son, but I'm not sure if it was Scott Eastwood. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, I have to, I have to watch that again. But, uh, but yeah, Statham and uh, The Rock have the best scenes, especially like you mentioned, the scene where uh, him and his brother Owen rescue uh, uh, Vin Diesel's son. Uh, Owen, it's Owen Shaw, not Ian Shaw. Why did I thought it was Ian? Yeah, it was Owen, and then um, they 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 hijack Cipher's plane, and uh, and Statham. It, it was kind of like it was like a showcase of Statham. It, like it reminded me of like uh, like all of his ca- all of his previous characters from all of his action films. Yeah, from like Transporter. Yeah, I was especially thinking, Expendables too, because yeah. he had like because you know all the exp- the Expendables. He had like a, they all had like those smart mo- those smart mops, and they were pretty witty and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like okay. Put some put some headphones on the baby. Stop playing like Teletubbies or whatever, and mm-hmm. he's just like still kicking out. He's like, oh, oh, and then um, when he kills the guy, and then he's like, is that you or me? Is that you or him? It was him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it definitely had some laughs. Um, th- those are some pretty cool moments. Um, with a uh, with a uh, Vin Diesel, I mean, not with Vin, with Jason Statham's character Deckard Shaw though. There's there's a there's something that kind of that kind of, and this is indicative of probably the, the questionable writing here. Um, I mean, as, as implausible as Fast and Furious is, I mean, what people what people make the mistake of, mistake what people make the mistake of when it comes to this franchise is that because the franchise because the franchise is so outlandish and so over the top that people think that oh this, this these films can get away with just about anything. Not necessarily. You still gotta you still gotta f- adhere to the rules of basic sensical storytelling. Now, what I say when I say that in regards to Jason Statham's character, Deckard Shaw, is that here's a guy who killed Han in, mm-hmm. at the end of Tokyo Drift. Here's a guy who tried to murder two pregnant women, Mia, the uh, Do- uh, Dominic's sister, and Elena, uh, and Furious Seven. At the time, she didn't know she was pregnant, even though she took that fall out of that building with the rock, which probably would have led to a miscarriage. I don't know, but you know physics. But um, so he tries to murder two pregnant women, and then. At the end of at the end of this movie, Furious Eight, he ends up he ends up becoming a part or an approved part of uh, Vin Diesel's family. At the end, just like that, so basically he 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 occupies the seat that Han and Giselle sat in, and that rings really false because his absolution, his redemp- his redemption story, shouldn't take place over the course of one movie. After all the shit that he's done, it rings false, and it's a sign of. Bad writing when you think well, about it. Well, at the it. end, if you really do pay attention to that at the end, like he wasn't there sitting at the table, you mm-hmm. know, when they were, you know, when they were breaking bread and whatever. So I mean, you think it's a part. I mean, there is such thing as forgiveness, but mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. I do see. I do see your point. So like, maybe his, maybe Deckard Shaw's chapter is done in this whole series. I don't think so. I mean, if, I think with him and the Rock still got to fight again. Yeah, him and the Rock still got to fight, and also with the introduction of Helen Mirren's character, I wouldn't be surprised if either the next film focuses on, on those three, those three characters, uh, Helen Mirren and her two sons, or they'll have a spin-off film featuring them and the Rock. Well, so, well Cypher is still alive. That's another thing, too, about Cypher. This, this, is a, this is another indication where the film's writing gets, gets a little wonky at best, where it, it pulls a specter. I don't know if you've seen that that James Wan film Spectre with Daniel Craig. 
it, 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 what I mean is, Fast, Fast and Furious Eight pulls a specter where it where it retcons the previous films, where where Cipher is the is the one villain responsible for all of the misery that the that Toretto's crew or family experienced in the previous films. Like she's responsible for um, for employing uh, uh, that that drug dealer. Uh, what, what's his name? Diego or the 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 main villain in in Fast and Furious Part Four. He's like oh, a yeah. drug runner, yeah. and she was also responsible for uh, Owen and Deckard Shaw, and she's also Cipher's also responsible for Jaimin Hansu's character, the warlord from Part Seven. So apparently, this film is going back to the well where apparently this one villain had all those other villains from the previous films as mere henchmen of hers. Yeah, and that it is possible. And but but still, that that that's that just comes off as extremely contrived to me because it's like. It's so coincidental that one villain is the main source of, of this one crew's misery and all those other villains that you saw in the previous films are just her henchmen. It's, 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 it's again, it's what I call the Spectre problem where in in, in the film Spectre you had uh, the character Blofeld, uh, played by Christoph Waltz, mm -hmm. as being the one who said that, oh, the characters in the previous Daniel Craig Bond films, Le Chief, um, uh Matthew Almerich's character, and um, and um, Javier Bardem's character from Skyfall. Oh, those three were part of the Spectre organization, and so they were all they were all members of them. So that means Blowfield was responsible for the events of Casino Royale in a roundabout way, and that's that's like one that's really unnecessary. Why can't you have just separate villains doing their own thing? Not everything has to be connected. I think I think it's I think it's indicative of of this whole oh we gotta have a universe we gotta have a universe of films so we gotta have one big villain to interconnect everybody else. You don't I think that's probably that. a business standpoint just because it's so the fact that it works. It does, but you, yeah. again, you don't have to have that. I mean, Cipher yeah. should have been her own villain. Yeah, but I think yeah, I, enjoy, I actually I like I like that. I I do like I see it in um. And uh, the it's it's in the MCU. Yeah, with a lot, Thanos, like with, yeah. with Thanos and um, with Hydra. Right. And then um, also with um, and um, in the Netflix Marvel series where everything goes back to Madame Gao mm -hmm. in certain way in certain ways. Yeah. So like I mean, I mean I'm cool. Me personally, I'm just cool with it. Well, I mean, with the with the with the Marvel films, it's it's different because it was established from the beginning that right. there was one main villain pulling many of the strings. So that much was clear. So I kind of give Marvel a pass for that, and to a certain extent, maybe the DC, well, at least the comic uh, I continuity. Don't know. I don't know DC. Well, not the not the DC EU. I don't even think DC don't even know DC. <laughs> yeah, they really don't. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but with the Fast and Furious uh, franchise, I thought that was a little contrived. Um, but. Uh, you know, I mean, besides besides those those uh, those pretty much bad uh, elements of the screenplay, I thought that the, I thought the film as a whole was was extremely entertaining, very enjoyable. Um, I especially loved the uh, the climactic uh, submarine uh, sequence. Yeah, that was all, crazy. That was insane. You know, you know outrunning that nuclear sub. But I gotta say, the 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 one moment in that in that whole sequence that made me go. What was when The Rock he pulled a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible tour maneuver when he got out of his Hummer, was sliding, sliding on the ice, clutching a door, and he managed to physically push a torpedo with his bare hand. To, and he, uh, uh, you know, he managed to push a torpedo with his bare hand 
you know, out of the way so so it wouldn't, you know, blow yeah. up one of the other cars. Dude. Well, if it, well, I think in a torpedo, like you can, you can like the slight touch, a slight touch with enough momentum, can redirect a torpedo. Not, not, not with somebody's bare fuck freaking hand, man. Not even if you're the Rock. I mean, they might as well give the Rock literal superpowers in this movie because, I mean. Because here's the thing again as as implausible as this movie is and yes I am talking about a movie where yeah you've got car you got cars going through three skyscrapers you've got submarines out trying to chase after Lamborghinis on freaking ice you've got you've got zombie hey, cars. Well, okay hold on, hold on wait the Lamborghini on ice he did pay for it. he did pay for that yeah he did because he, he was because Roman Pierce is kind of a dumb character you know lovably dumb but I know we're talking about we're talking about a franchise with all these outlandish stunts. But come on, man! You can't throw physics and plausibility completely out the window. I mean, when you have a when you've got a human, I mean, it's one thing with cars, but when you got a human being there, you shouldn't have the power to to, to move torpedoes. It, it's like he might as, he might as well be like Neo from the Matrix, like hold his hand out and then have all the bullets stop in front of him. <laughs> that might as well happen. Ah. <sighs> And, and 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 also too here's a, here's another thing that that uh that that kind of st stands out stands out about the film, all right. Um, and I think it's kind of unavoidable, but you have the character of Elena, who gets who gets killed off. Yeah. And I, I thought that was the right decision because you know you got to make sure Cipher is a a villain who who's who, yeah kind of ruthless ruthless and plays for keeps, because obviously they can't kill a baby because that's way too dark for this franchise. But you would enjoy some. You no, would enjoy that. I, 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 I would not. That's going beyond the pale. But it's a, it's, it's sort of like a, 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 it's sort of like I'm, not, I'm trying to put. I guess I'm have to put my feminist hat here. But there's been complaints where you have the character of Elena who conveniently is there to give birth, gives birth to Toretto's kid, so she he can keep his bloodline going. But suddenly, okay, so she lived. She's so that. So in that case, she, as a female character, she she lives. Outlives her purpose, and now she has to die. Boom. It's kind of like a common trope that I've seen in a few, a few, a few films, and that's kind of a little off-putting, a bit necessary in this film because, like, how do you, how else do you, um, you know, reinforce Cipher's ruthlessness? Yeah. But at the same time, that, I think that, had, that that does bear mentioning. Yeah. Um. Uh. Also, another thing about the film too. Um. I don't know. I don't know where they're going with Scott Eastwood's character. Maybe they're gonna make him. The everyman, maybe like the Paul Walker type. No, they better not. They better not. I mean, I, 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 I would like to see him get killed off in the next one. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could, I could see, I could see Eastwood playing playing that Brian O'Connor, you know, role. You know, have have that have that everyman there because when you got characters like Vin Diesel and The Rock and Statham and then you know Ludacris and Tyrese, you you, you got to have an everyman to kind of keep it some a little bit grounded. Someone who's likable. Scott Eastwood is fairly likable. I think he can, you know, kind of. Uh, maybe maybe it's because we have we all have that relationship with Paul Walker's character. Yeah. So um, he, to us, he's irreplaceable. So we're not really necessarily really, mm -hmm. not really quite open to give him that title. You know, you're kind of just jumping the fence here. Just slow down. You know, he just got in here. He's mm -hmm. still a little nobody to us. So <laughs> let him earn, let him earn his keep. And by the time he earns his keep, he'll probably be fast ten, and the, and the franchise will possibly be done. Hopefully, um, 
I, I, I will say that um, F. Gary Gray, who directed this film, did a tremendous job. Yeah, he um, did. Yeah, he directed Straight Outta Compton, and also The Italian Job, which this, this, this makes me want to see an Italian Job sequel more, because that film also featured Charlie Theron and Jason Statham. Oh, okay. So, um, in fact, they were talking about making a, a sequel to The Italian Job called The Brazilian Job, but that film was stuck in developmental hell, so, you know... I mean, but they could still make it. You know, bring back Marky Mark. Hell, bring back Marky Mark for the next film. Maybe have a pseudo-Italian job sequel for Fast and Furious 9. Um, which which, which, which kind of makes me wonder, what, what, what do you think they're going to call the, the ninth Fast and Furious movie? Like, I don't know, Furious 9? Possibly. F9, F9? I, they're not going to do all that, but I mean, it'll probably just be Furious 9. Uh, maybe. And also, like, um, where where do you think the sequel will take place, like, in, in the world? Where do you see it? Well, they're bouncing, well, nowadays, they're just kind of bouncing from place to place now. I mean, it started with Cuba, they went to um, mm -hmm. New York, uh, they were, yeah, they were all over the place, so, uh, could go to Australia. Hmm, I can see that. Maybe Aust Berlin. Okay. Australia, Berlin. I could. I hopefully they might. They might uh, go to Africa. Africa, you know, kind of shoot some scenes and maybe. It's po It's possible. It, it is possible. It probably should. Probably in the yeah Sahara Desert. Um, yeah. In fact, that's a good way to bring back Jaiman Hansu's character as well. You know, yeah. have an excuse to shoot there. Yeah, I mean, where wherever is popular, Paris. Oh yeah, imagine a car. I can see. Yep. Oh, if, if in Paris, I can imagine a car scaling the Eiffel Tower and oh, then somehow, somehow jumping all across Paris. I can see that happening. Nah. Okay. <laughs> hey. Oh, but uh, oh, the cars are magnetic apparently, or some techno techno babble or something like that. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, and also uh, I gotta say the ending. I thought left left me with a smile on my face when uh, Toretto named his kid Brian. Brian. I thought that was a nice touch. It was yeah. I, I, I predicted I predicted either Brian or Paul, but Brian does make more sense because yeah, they did briefly mention him too. Like when they said, you know, we really would have O'Connor in a job. We promised we would not call him. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow. Yeah. I'm like, I, I kind of it gave me a little warm feeling. I'm like, okay, it's cool that they mentioned him because they're not gonna act like he's just completely, yeah, like he never existed. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm glad they they still acknowledged him. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and also going back um, uh, to the beginning of the film, real quick. Uh, this was a uh, Fast and Furious Eight or Fate. Get it? Uh, this is actually the first American film to be shot in Cuba since the embargo lifted. Oh, really? Yeah, and so the the opening Cuba Cuban sequence with the street race between uh, uh, Toretto and that one dude. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it was a nice callback to his character. Yeah, later of course. On. And I also like the fact that um, in that in that one sequence where uh, Toretto manages to to secretly meet with uh, Helen Mirren's character, where that the, was cool how they did that. Yeah, that was I. That, that was pretty slick, and I also like the fact that they that they did briefly bring back Don Omar and Teco Calderon. Yeah, uh, for for <laughs> this movie, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, overall, uh, the fate of the Furious. Um, it's 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 a solid action film in my view. Um, you know, it's uh, it's uh, you know bad bad writing elements aside, it's a solid action action film. Very I, enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Highly recommend you guys watch it. Yep, and I will add it to my collection. If there's a steel book, I'll probably get that. Actually, I will get that. Um, 
I will say that I gotta get my collection up. I, I'm missing seven, so that's yeah. the only one I'm missing, so I can get that. Oh wow! So you bought them individually? I I did. It was before. It was like shortly before. Like literally, when I started buying them individually, mm -hmm. by the time I like got to, by the time I got the first four individually, mm -hmm. then five five came out. But at the same time as five, the box set came out. All right. Yeah. So I was just like. I'll just grab five and I'll be like done with it. <laughs> yeah. I, at this point, just buy them individually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and for me, as far as like ranking this film goes, um, I'd say Fast Five is still my favorite film of the franchise. I I would say that too, just because of the simple fact that it, it just turned the movie into a whole new direction. Yeah, and um, I, I I probably rank I probably rank Furious Eight as my second favorite, just above Seven. I can't. I can't really do that because it's like, God, cause there was, there's something I enjoyed about all of them mm. that I really just can't. I really have to like. I probably would do it once the whole, um, once the whole uh, franchise is over. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, I would say that fear, you know, Fate of the Furious is up there. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, um, there it is, Fate of the Furious. Go see it. Go see it. It's a great film. Will it make my top 20 list? Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, uh, do we got any emails? Question uh, no emails this week, but we do have a question of the week. Last week's was, uh, what was your favorite, what is your favorite mobile game? Mm -hmm. uh, Kamisha Lee Jones says, on Facebook she said, Mortal Kombat X. Mm -hmm. I actually didn't even know that there was a uh, mobile oh, wow. game. Okay. So I had to look that one up and yeah, lo and behold, there is a mobile game for um, Mortal Kombat X. Hmm. And then uh, one of our huge supporters, Lotus Star 505 on Instagram says, way too many to think of, but I was a ho I was hardcore into The Simpsons. One of the only games I played every day for more than a year. Also, Angry Birds was another, was another game I played for a very long time. I have others, but not as long as I, not as long as, uh, as I played these two games. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, also, I did doubt. I meant to mention last week, I downloaded the WWE Champions uh, puzzle game. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I played it once. It was, it's enjoyable, but it's, I mean, I haven't, I haven't grown addicted to it. I'm still playing my Wheel of Fortune. Okay. And, uh, pop, and uh, Panda Pop advertisements that come up. Mm. <laughs> but, um, nice. Yeah, also, and then Flappy Bird was addictive. You remember that little craze, right? I've heard it, heard it was a pretty big craze. I never played it myself. Yeah, it was it was very addictive. To the, and it was to the point where like the creator was getting it was getting so big that the creator kind of like went crazy or something. Oh damn. Yeah, I don't remember exactly the story, but I think that was the basics of it. So um, this week's question of the week: What TV series that you loved got canceled, and you would love to see come back? Hmm. Hmm. Damn, that's a good question. TV series that got canceled. But you would love to see come back, or I've at least had more, more um, seasons. Hmm. Yes, yeah, I'm gonna have to really think about that one. Can't think of any off the top of my head just yet. How about you? The Hard Times of R.J. Burger that was on MTV. What, what was that? Oh man, it was a. I actually got into it late. It was on Netflix. It was on Netflix for its two seasons. It only lasted two seasons. It's about a nerd mm -hmm. who was um, who 
you know, used a nerd, you know, bullied and picked on or whatever. And um, and during, I want to say, like, the homecoming, he was pissed in front of the whole school. Mm. And it turns out, like, his Johnson was huge. And the whole school saw it. Oh, okay. So it was like, he's his nerd, but yeah, a lot of the girls were interested in him. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, because of what he was packing. And then um, it had like a whole twist of turns. Like, it's funny, he's such a nerd, but yet his parents were sh- were swingers. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then, like, his parents ended up divorcing. And the gym teacher, who's kind of like a, he was kind of like an asshole. He was an asshole. Mm-hmm. The gym teacher, who was also the guidance counselor, started dating his mom. Wow. And then, like, one of his best friends was a girl who just basically been in love with him since, like, they were kids. It's kind of like she always knew about it. Mm-hmm. But, like, nobody, you know, nobody else really saw what she saw in him. Mm-hmm. And it had, like, a whole bunch of crazy turns. It was just, and it just got canceled. Like, it ended with RJ getting his best friend pregnant because they had sex at from prom. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, they went their separate ways and all that. And then she found out she was pregnant. And then that was it. The show was canceled. Oh, damn. And what's the show called? The Hard Times of R.J. Berger. Okay. Wow. Well, there it is. Um, well, as for me, um, to be honest, I really don't have an answer uh, for... I think you would say, like, Firefly or something. Oh, yeah. Fire... Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll go with Firefly. Um, the reason why I said I, I said I didn't have an answer is because, like, all the shows that I do like, they actually have complete ones. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, that's that's it's an it's an easy answer. But thank you for giving me that because that is a that is a show that I really did like a lot. Firefly, um, it did have a conclusion with the film Serenity, right. but I, I still would like to see a renewed show continuing after the events of that film. They could still do it, probably like a Netflix uh, show or something like that. It's possible. It is anything's possible nowadays. Yeah, and plus there were there were many unresolved threads, unresolved questions uh, from Firefly alone that didn't get answered in Serenity too. So, yeah, Firefly. Love to see a either a resurrected series or at least a resurrected mini series to kind of close everything off like properly. Cool. Yeah, there it is. All right. Cool. Any responses, you can, uh, that'll be up on our Instagram and Facebook and all our social media plugins, which is um, fa- um, ins- facebook.com slash Cortex Prime. Mm-hmm. Inst- follow us on Instagram at Cortex Prime Podcast, Twitter, Cortex Prime Cast. Uh, you can go on iTunes and SoundCloud. On iTunes, leave us a five star review. Yep. And get us, you know, get us really popping on the iTunes charts. Yep. And uh, you can email us too at Cortex Prime Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. That's quite a mouthful. Yeah, it is. Is that everything? Also, twi- also on um, YouTube and mm-hmm. Google Play. That's right. Yeah. Is that everything now? Is that? Is I'm that... pretty sure there is. <laughs> yeah. Twitch at Cod- um, Codex Prime Podcast. Yeah. Yep. Fitu will get into the Twitch bandwagon. Yeah. Possibly tonight. You never know. At some point, you know, uh, I, I got to clear my schedule. But uh... <laughs> I ain't that damn busy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, once again, uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching uh, our episode, and uh, we will catch you next week. Uh, same furious time, same furious channel. Later, nerds. Later. Family.